0: People see this and they're gonna say well he wasn't really a nice guy he may have been a tyrant oh well that's you because you never wanted anything i wanted to win but i wanted them to win and be a part of that as well this. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. Break.
1: Yo, yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Views from the Baseline we are episodes seven and eight of The Last Dance. Here is your recap episode. Uh, a lot actually the more activity on the sports world, so we'll cover that first. I actually, have a stand-in co-host for DeMario. Unfortunately, he won't be on this episode today due to prior travel plans. But it's all good. We have sort of like family as a replacement. Chris Thompson, how's it going, man? How you doing today?
0: Doing great, brother. How about yourself?
1: I am doing great, man. Um you know, when DeMario told me last minute, by the way, that he couldn't perform his usual <laughs> co-host duties tonight with me, uh, I, th- I thought about the next guy. I'm like, yeah, Chris, man. Chris, you uh obviously have a lot, you know, nice colorful insight as well. A little bit more calm and tamed of DeMario. So for those of you who obviously got tired of listen, listening to DeMario's brash opinions tonight, we're a little chill. <laughs> but uh shout out to DeMario, man. You know, it, it much love, man. We talk about doing this every single Monday. And, uh, obviously, Mother's Day holiday, in a sense, um, kind of threw things you know off a little bit here. But, you know, he said he will be back for the final episode recap. Um, and, you know, it's fun because I kind of quiz you guys here and there and get your opinions anyways on the, on our, our podcast. Uh, you know, Chris, we have the uh, UFC 249 recap episode. So, everybody, you know, tune into that one. Um, but how about that, man? Just in general to start off a conversation here today. How about sports this weekend, man? A live event yeah, in uh, UFC. sports weekend.
0: Great. Did, great. did you did you enjoy well. that? Like,
1: how did you feel about no fans? Like, for first and foremost, we're like a USC event.
0: Yeah, it was a little weird with the no fans, man. You could hear every every punch, every kick. You could hear them breathing in there, man. The audio was crazy. Uh was definitely a definitely different perspective for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I I didn't mind. I liked it because you know people, a couple of people asked me, hey, how'd you like it? I said, you know, I actually liked it. I enjoyed it. The one thing I did miss was when you know just punches exchanged in the last round of a fight and. You just get the crowd starting, you know, rise up and just get a little bit louder. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. the part I kind of miss because it's just like, but yeah, hearing the coaches, the referees, the smacks, the punches. Yeah, man, it was cool. I think they yeah, uh, it's different, man.
0: They got to like you could. uh, One fighter even said that they had heard. uh, I think it was Greg Hardy. He said that he had heard uh, Cormier give him a little bit of coaching. Like during the match, you know, like normally you wouldn't be able to hear the commentators talking <laughs> wild, like that. Right? When he said he heard them and they made the adjustment mid, you know, wow. mid match, ended up getting the win.
1: Yeah, I heard about that. That Dude, that's so, it's, it was good though. I enjoyed it. I think they did a, the production. Everything was still UFC though. You didn't lose one bit of, you know, of action. You didn't lose the quality. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest concern coming into, you know, the preview show is that how are we going to come in and have a show with, with some of the fighters? not really getting their formal training, then you have no fans. You know, how do you put on the show? But they show that you can do it and it was great to see. Um the prelims, you know, a lot of those rounds went to full length. Um and and then, you know, we didn't technically have four of the five main cards go to TKOs. So that was cool to see. Um obviously uh the fight with triple C. And Cruz there, yeah. uh, you know, ended on an arguably a little controversial ending where a stoppage from the referee. Um, And then, you know, yeah, obviously yeah. the last main event did end on, on some stoppage there. You know, technically they logged it as a, as a TKO, but that was a great, great, great last minute fight there. Ferguson and uh, Gertrude. That was that was great, man. Um I liked it. It was great. It was cool. Shout out to I, yeah. I, I praised Dana White on Twitter that night. I mean, it was. It was great. It was nice to see. Um, The cool thing is, more fights lined up in Jacksonville, so we're going to get to be able to see that. Um, And then, it looks like they already penciled in June 6th, man, to get another pay-per-view event a month later. So, they're back on. They're back Mm -hmm. on Um, You know, I'm excited to see
0: more fights. Full-fledged. They're back. Yeah, they're back to it, man. Train keeps rolling with them, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Looks like the MLB owners want to start up some things going on here, Chris. So, uh, how do you feel about that? It looks like the uh, owners are ready to shoot for a July start. And now it's on the players' shoulders.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um I'm looking forward just to seeing some type of baseball and hopefully hopefully they can come to an agreement. Uh I think it's looking like they would reduce the season to about half, so like eighty games they were saying. Um uh, yeah, I mean any baseball is better than none. But we'll see what happens, man. A lot of the negotiations and you know, people feeling one way or another. Some are ready to get back to work. Some got families and stuff. Not worth it. You know, they would rather be, um, you know, safer. Better be safe than sorry. So you got two ends of the spectrum there as well. So it's going to be tough to get a lot of people on the same page. Right. Um, I agree. I agree. Cool.
1: Yeah. yeah it, trust me. It, for, for whatever reason, I think if a place like, uh, you know, Jacksonville, UFC, they can pull it off. But then, you know, it's not just a couple guys you have in the ring. You've got ball clubs. Uh, trainers, yeah, uh, team. You know, right, it's know. it is increasing. You know, social distancing. Um, more than just two hundred people inside of an arena because you know you look at that arena in Jacksonville and you you can spread them out pretty well with no fans in there. But for an event like baseball, a little different. Obviously, with basketball, same situation, and football, definitely the same situation. So, challenges, man, definitely challenges ahead. Um, but it is it is interesting to see what gets creative and what gets unfolded. It's. Something that we've never seen and they've never had to deal with. Um, Same thing with the NBA. It looks like Adam Silver had a phone call with players only um, last Friday. And uh, Adam Silver suggested, you know, he's trying to find a middle ground, which is great. We'll see. It looks like uh, about
0: trying to find something everybody's comfortable with. Yeah, it's a middle
1: ground. And I think the best thing is, you know, you kind of you can't penalize players for not wanting to play or wanting to protect themselves and their families. But at the same time, it's you know, are you really putting your best product on the floor and out in the open and risking
0: yeah, if you it? Don't you don't know? have everybody out there. Yeah, exactly. I am glad. Yeah, that... Or even the training—they're gonna have to get a training camp in and stuff. Well, all these leagues, you exactly. Know, you can't just get them back going. You know, Chris, Go I'm. Right there, I'm so.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say this again. I'm really glad that I'm not at the helm of making these decisions because it, it's tough. You know, you try. It, it's a business at the end of the day. You're trying to run a business. You're gonna take a loss, and it's not just a small loss. It's Millions of
0: dollars you're talking about. Yeah. Oh boy.
1: Um well not uh, <laughs> yep. Yep, I'm yeah I'm glad not, I'm not I'm glad I'm not making those decisions. I'll tell you that, man. Uh before we get into episode seven and eight recap really quick here, uh just want to open up with a nice cool announcement for baseline times. So everybody will start seeing um a nice little uh foco logo around us on Baseline Times, so officially an affiliate with us here. Uh, I love this um partnership here with us. Uh they're a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise. Uh there's some cool collectibles, novelty items, uh clothing items, strictly sports gear. Uh they're a licensed um they're licensed to uh provide some of these gear to us. And uh one of the things I'm looking at right now, Chris, is a swim trunks with a Buccaneers logo on with some floral designs on it. I've never seen that in my life. And uh, I'm sold. I'm in Florida. I'm looking forward to stepping out to the beach this summer. And um, actually, we like that. So, everybody, you know, head yeah, on. Yeah, they everything.
0: got a lot of good things on there, man. They got a lot of unique things I've ever seen before. So, yeah. got everything on there. It's affordable as well.
1: So. Yeah, decently priced. So, we're we're glad to be a part of the uh, Foco affiliate partnership with them. Uh, you go ahead and enter in a checkout code at baseline10 for a little discount on us. So, that's com. Uh, you saw anything that you like so far, Chris, any Yankees gear?
0: Uh, I see the, the little face coverings, man. got the little three pack and stuff too, you know, to get you a little something for the family. Yeah. Got a little, uh, I, uh, I a little those. ASU stuff. Yeah. Uh, we look
1: you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, once again, everyone, you know, uh, you'll see them a little bit around baseline times. Definitely proud to be a part of the, uh, partnership there. And, um, uh, you know we're continuing to grow. And how about this heels of wrestling? Um, how's things going? You guys apparently have a new logo, so a nice little fresh relaunch of a logo there. Um, money in the bank. It looks like you guys have been discussing that. So everybody check out heels of wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. the how pod on Instagram, Twitter. Check them out. Um, shout out to Marcus. Those guys. Everybody getting on board there. But uh, tonight we're talking about yeah. Michael Jordan again. Um, episode seven and eight, uh, the way, the way to describe this going into these episodes, you know, obviously before coming into episode seven, it looks like this was taking a turn for some dark times. Obviously these are probably the the darkest and strangest days in the sports world. Um, darkest times for Michael Jordan. Um, you know, episode seven highlights a lot of when he left the uh, NBA completely and mostly on his baseball, small, short baseball career um you know chris just to kind of just look overall holistically about this whole 10 episode and this documentary um to me it got a little confusing first when they started off saying well you know there's a camera crew that followed these guys around for a whole season which was the last season because they knew it was going to be the end at some point point." and then mm-hmm. it goes back to 1984 and it jumps forward again i think the first couple of episodes it, it threw me off But now I I get it. I see the bigger picture. It's starting to really say, okay, we followed these guys around for a full entire season, but here's what happened. Here's how they got here. And
0: it. Yeah, give me a little bit of context for the people that weren't around during that. Because even some of the stuff, you know, I hadn't seen like that myself, you know, being, I mean, 28 and stuff. So I've seen a few Jordan highlights here and there, but just to see every game like that, the scores and, you know, the last second shots and all that stuff, yeah. You know, putting in a little bit of context into everything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like right now, it, the last two episodes, nine and 10 will show off a lot of how it all comes together. It's like, it closes the gap between the last season and it builds up. So I think it was beautifully done though. I think it's, mm-hmm. over. I can't complain about production, soundtrack. Like it's, it's been phenomenal, man. Uh, it's raw, it's open. It's truly who these guys are. Uh, apparently to this day, yeah you know, after every episode, you get middle of the week and someone's complaining or not complaining, but someone's, you know, like Charles Barkley is getting on the air and saying, you know, unfortunately me and Michael aren't cool. You know, Isaiah Thomas was a uh, center of subject uh, one week, then it was Charles Barkley. And I don't know who's going to be this week, but you know, obviously Gary Payton will be out there. But it seems like Michael didn't have a problem with him based on the episodes. But uh, yeah, man, how, how about what's your initial thoughts about these two episodes so far? Uh, dark times for Jordan.
0: Yeah, man, real raw emotion, like you said, you got to see some, that's the whole thing of, that I've been liking about the whole documentary, being able to see some real sides of Michael. He's not too, uh, doesn't really divulge into his you know emotions too much. You don't get to see him too much in the public like that. And he was always kind of kept, kept everything close to the chest, so it was nice to see a little bit of that break out a little bit. I think the producers and the uh, directors did a really good job getting that, capturing that for sure.
1: Yeah, and then uh, I like that, um, to me, it's, people will always probably mostly agree, I know I'm not saying anything brand new about this, but my favorite thing about his second P is that what he obviously overcame, and and it, it hits a lot harder now that it's coming directly from him, and you understand, you know, kind of what he went through mentally. You know, regardless of the conspiracy theories about his gambling, his father's death, you know he still lost his father, and we see how close he was to his dad. And his dad, his dad really was in those pictures next to him the entire time in those championships. And we we saw it did it did take a toll on him mentally. Um, you know we criticized Michael for not finishing out a full career, um, or for not playing out until you know maybe his body gives out, and, and you know he he take those. He takes those two years off from basketball, but on the flip side, uh, he changed his body and the preparation for baseball and then went back to basketball. So yeah, that, that crazy. is that the most crazy. interesting thing to to hear from his from Tim Grover. It's it's pretty wild and impressive. That that is something that I think a lot of people may have to understand and kind of missed out on too, because I didn't know about that part. I'm not, I'll be honest. I didn't know about that part. Um, you know, I have, we watched Jordan for a long time. The highlights, the, 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 oh, he wanted to play baseball and he came back and he won three more. He's the greatest player ever. That's basically a lot of reasoning between everybody. And I don't know, man. How do you feel like about, you know, kind of going back to him leaving the game so early? Um, because obviously he had that in that idea planted in him to play baseball before his father passed like do you feel like his legacy and his career like let's say you know I hate to do the what if thing but he obviously had this in his mind to leave before you know that summer was over and and then dad left him um you know does that throw a little dent in his legacy
0: I mean uh I think the legacy. It's. It was always a question why he left, and they. You know, it was crazy just to see how many people were there just for that announcement, like that, for him to announce that he was going to retire. since how the world came to a stop. Uh, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a big baseball fan, so I've always was interested in just seeing more into that part of why he left, and kind of seeing how it all got together. I could see why he wanted to leave now. Uh, you know, with, with the dad passing away like that and stuff, uh, he wasn't even really thinking about basketball. They were asking him those questions in that press conference. And like he was saying, he wasn't even really thinking about that at that point. So, I mean, I think it kind of all just kind of happened so quickly for him. I mean, and you got, I, I think like back in the day, there wasn't as much like news If me today with the Twitter and everything, you would get an alert really quick, you know, back then, I think the speculation and everything kind of, um, like all the rumors and everything were able to ferment stuff a little bit more just because of that. Like you weren't really, nothing was like really clarified like that. So, um, I mean, at at the end of the day, he's still a legend. He came back and got got the three. I mean, it was crazy to see how he came back in the middle of the season like that had his shorts on backwards I mean, it was, it was crazy, man. It was crazy just to see that ride, everything that that went along like that. I mean, I think the the strike in '95 with the baseball too, that you know pushed him a little bit towards basketball, having that scratching that itch, slowly going to those practices and stuff. He just kind of eventually, you know, said, you know, might as well go back to you know what he was really dominant at. I mean, he could have probably succeeded in baseball too, you know, if he really wanted to do that. But um, I don't know. Yeah, ultimately, it was up to him. His, his decision, whatever he does.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you, you. Yeah, I mean, I think you you hit on it. You know, when you, when you come back and knowing that you had to put your body through an additional training to get back to basketball shape, at and and then perform at the highest level because you still got to play the games. You still got to go out there and hoop. You still got to go through the teams that you've always beaten. And then to come in and, and win a championship after that um, year that you return back. And the thing is, he, a lot of people need to remember is that when he came back, he played about 17 games um, before the playoffs. So mm-hmm. he's, he wasn't in basketball shape, lost the Magic in the Eastern Conference Finals. Then that's the summer where Space Jam took place. You know, we'll get into that in a second. And then now he's back in his best shape. but. He that's that's when the Steve Kerr stuff happened that season, and you know the fight with Steve Kerr or whatever went down, and then a different motivation. It was it was it was saying, "Hey, like I'm business. Everybody else is gonna be business." And to win the championship, I I think it, to me, regardless of him walking away from the game, he still came back and completed something again. And he said, "You know what." I won three in a row, I don't know how anything else to do because nobody else done it before, or, you know, Magic and Bird never done it, and that's it's literally what he said, and he, he walked away and said, alright, I, I did better than you guys, I'm done, like, I have nothing to play for again. Then
0: he mm-hmm.
1: comes back again and does it, ironically wins his fourth championship on Father's Day. Um, incredible, dude. I, like I said, I think, it, like, there's a theme that DeMario and I discussed last week, and I think winning has cured any negative image and that's just how we are here, especially in America as a society, is that winning will cure the image, um, you know, of anything. And any negative image, in my opinion, um, once you're just glorified as a winner and as a champion, you're almost untouchable, you know, so and it's not to say that you can go out there and commit a crime and a felony and a serious you know, act and be cleared of it, but Every little minimal thing kind of just shifts away. People will have their opinions, you know. Jordan is a gambler, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't kill anybody. Uh, there was no rape allegations. There was no domestic violence issues. He just liked spending his money and gambling and losing it, winning it. Just That's all he did. And and I think like, that's his most is that we can tag on a Jordan. But at the end of the day, he still showed up to his job, did his job at the best he still could do it. and. It just cured him from everything else, um, you know. Kind of going back to like the baseball days. I know you said that that was, you know, we talked about this. That that was like your favorite episode. Um, how how cool was it? Because you're a big. You're obviously one of the bigger baseball fans with us here, at Baseline Times. How was how was it? You know, kind of. You are about my age, so how was it to see like him actually like at bat and stuff like yeah. that?
0: Yeah, just to see how he started off that season with that 13 game hitting streak. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the pitchers weren't, you know, trying, like they said they started. They started actually really throwing some breaking balls and trying to get them out up there. I'm sure, like in the beginning of the season, the pitchers were probably just as starstruck as anybody else, you know. So they were, and, and I mean, it, just seeing how the how it would have been for those guys playing with them, you know, like your your average kid, eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old kid uh, playing in, in Double A. And, you know, getting to play with Michael, you know, you just were watching him on TV last year, and now, you know, you're teaching him how to play baseball. It's like crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, just seeing that, it's like, yeah. Could, interesting. could you imagine, though, like,
1: and, we, you know, you hit on it, too, earlier, where he, like, the whole world stopped for this announcement. Like, the, the footage of people sitting down to watch him and to make this announcement was wild, man. Like, he really stopped time to let the world know, hey, I'm retiring. And so imagine that, man, like we watch, let's say we watch, we were to watch Kobe or LeBron walk away from, you know, there are the best two players in their eras and watch them walk away just to say, you know what, I had enough, I won enough championships here, or I'm just not feeling basketball anymore, I'm exhausted, let me just go hang out and play baseball. Like
0: i don't know i couldn't imagine it's wild man well especially somebody that you know somebody at the top of their game and we've seen it before you know kind of um i mean like andrew luck kind of brings a bell recently i guess just kind of quit randomly out of nowhere but it's like yeah being at the top like that and like you know you got a chance to win the next year it's like you're making the most money and it's like the week depending on you and stuff yeah it's crazy It is crazy.
1: Now now, you know, him walking away, you know, kind of sticking to like episode seven. Um, how do you feel about the conspiracy theory? Are you are you buying into his gambling colleagues? I I don't think I mean
0: I just don't see it adding up, man. Like like he says, I mean, he would be if he really owed some people that much money like that, he wouldn't you know, he would be on the streets begging, he'd be like Devontae West, you know. He'd be like, I don't know, he wouldn't be out here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think he made too much money. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's unfortunate. Yeah, like basically the cops said anything could have happened. That could have been anybody that could have got killed like that. It's
1: unfortunate.
0: I don't know if Michael did like a, I would think that Michael would have done like some, maybe some type of private investigation with that you seeing know, that he has money and stuff, maybe just to try to find out more, I don't know. And right. They said that they caught, they could do a doc. they could do like a 10-part documentary just on that. You know. <laughs> right. Just like on the movie. So it's like, they, it's, it, you're, cut, you're putting so much information into these like short episodes, really. You're covering like 30 years of time, True. you know, in, in 10 episodes, you know, in 45-minute episodes. So it's tough to get a whole picture of all that stuff, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, and obviously I feel like you know with with this being about his basketball, his career, you, you're not gonna want to spend ten minutes talking about an investigation about your father's death. It's like, hey, you know, this happened to my dad. Obviously, he meant a lot to me, and here's the direction I went career wise. So, you know, obviously, I, I respect that. That's that's totally fine. Um, you know, and I didn't get a chance to really ask you this because last week we touched on this. You know, knowing who Michael was and finding out a little bit more personality wise. You know, how how do you feel about his, his activism? You know, it was non-existent. Uh, He didn't see himself as an activist. Like, how do you feel about that for Michael?
0: Oh, I mean, Michael, I can see like, uh, like like Obama kind of said in the documentary, it was tough because at the time he wasn't, you know, he was still growing up. He's becoming a man, you know, you got all these people around you telling you what to do. And really, at the end of the day, no matter what you do, you're going to get some type of flack. Whether, you know, you do the right thing or you do the wrong thing, you know, who is that, you know, who are you, who's saying that it's the right or the wrong thing, you know. Is it, at the end of the day, is it the people around you that matter, that you care, that you love you? Are those the people saying those things? And then, you know, you might want to think about it. But as long as at the end of the day, he could go to sleep at night. I mean, like, yeah, it's easy to say he should have done this and he should have done that. but. I mean, he doesn't want to play the basketball. At the end of the day, man, I don't know. It's like, at the end of the day, like, it's crazy that he was. I mean, like, you see in documentary like that why he's the, you know, the greatest in basketball and why he's such a great human being and stuff, but, like, it's crazy that, that people gravitate towards, like, somebody like that. And it's like, you know, he, he didn't, at the end of the day, he didn't really ask for that. I mean, yeah, he asked for that because he's a professional athlete and this and that, but, like, he's not asking to be the end-all, be-all on these situations and stuff. You know, his his words shouldn't... It, it shouldn't really change, you know... I mean, like, it's nice if he would say something on that, but it's like that shouldn't change anybody's opinion one way or another. Just well, because Michael Jordan says something well, let me ask you, know, you this.
1: To, let me ask you this, then. Do you think... It seems like... Because Demario's on... This is the train that Demario's on. Do you feel like somebody at that level with that much power should be more of an advocate for the African-American community? Because, I mean... And that's a fair opinion from Demario and I respect it. But how do you feel the same way?
0: Uh it, I it, it depends on how he grew up. I know he grew up, you know, in the south like that. Um he had a good he got a good mom and dad. Seemed like he had a good childhood and stuff. So I mean, honestly, it's like if you're a product of your environment like that, I could I mean, I could see why I mean, yeah, he could I mean, he he could have done more for, you know, the black community for sure i mean like who knows what he does i mean he ended up giving money to the guy so it's like i don't think necessarily he's you know if he gives a million dollars to this guy's um you know campaign and doesn't say anything about it you know it's like you know so he has to like it's like people just like even if he it's just like it's an un you can never do enough for people like somebody even if he did that then like there would be something else that he would have to do you know yeah it's but i mean like, it, it never it never ends like Based on his stardom, the, money well, to the guy like. Based on his stardom, do you, do you feel like?
1: Do you feel like you know when when just anybody like it doesn't matter you can plug LeBron, Kobe, it doesn't matter who it is if you put somebody an African American and you plug them in in that role, do you feel like they're obligated to provide like activism at some point?
0: Uh, I mean, it's tough if that's what they. If that's what you like, I mean, there's people in the black community that that's like what they're known for, you know, it's just like just their activism. I don't know. It's tough. It's a business decision, you know, it's like tough. You got to feed your family and stuff. That's going to take money off your table. It's up to that person. Honestly, it's like, and I I don't fault, you know, you can't fault any black people for, you know, not liking them anymore. And, you know, right. it's like, you know, I, I just don't see. It's tough to ask somebody to do that. I mean, like, I can see why somebody would say that, though, that they should too, as well. But right. it's tough just for me to ask them to do that. Like, yeah. I would,
1: I would agree with you because, like, I'm on the same page. I mean, I can agree, like, obviously, knowing what we know about Jordan and the way he felt about activism is, you know, just to kind of go, we kind of, you know, went back a couple of episodes. But, you know, I feel like it's, it really is not an obligation. Um, but at the same time, I feel like, it really depended on what was going on in the world at the time. And that there's certain people that will use their voice and their platform to adjust accordingly. So if you Mm -hmm. obviously, we see a time right now where a lot of athletes, a lot of celebrities step up and they talk about what's going on in the world. Um, You know, the injustice, the social injustice, um, you know, the racial injustice, things like that. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it depends on the era. And I, you know, I explain. I think, At a point where, you know, Jordan was in the 90s, the U.S. economy was booming. Um, You know, you did have, like, those few little instances. You had the OJ. You had those big, you know, cases that were publicized. There's probably a lot out there that I'm not talking about and I don't know about. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I apologize, but I just don't. And that's the truth. And that he could have spoke on. And, you know, unfortunately that obviously with Jordan... He wasn't an activist, so he wasn't going to go seek out those cases and say, "Hey, let's bring light to it, and let's." And me as Michael Jordan, let's try to make better and do better. We can't allow this to happen. LeBron is the complete opposite, you know. He's one hundred and ten percent different.
0: So, yeah, I mean, a lot of that day and an age, question. like you said too, just like a lot of those issues are this forefront now, and it's easy just to post the, you know, like I mean, maybe if Michael Jordan would have had Twitter, who know, who knows what he would have. About, you know. Yeah, that's there good. was no Twitter. It's like, <laughs> like there's no Twitter. It's like it's like who knows? It was just like I mean, I haven't even I haven't even seen all these interviews like that. You know, you'd have to like go back and look at like every month of Jordan. Some of those interviews. That's what's really interesting too is like you see in these interviews, he did that. You know, that one where he came back after answering those questions about the gambling. Is sitting there wearing the sunglasses and stuff. Just seeing those interviews and stuff. So yeah, it's, I mean, yeah.
1: he was a character. He was just different. Um, but I think that Jordan did the best he could with what he had and uh his guidance a lot you know was with his dad and but you 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 see that right you know a lot of it came with his dad and it, it seemed like the best the best thing to do was just to be the best person you can be and it may not always be in front of the cameras or in the light or advocating for something you know so um mm-hmm. at the end of the day you know it, the nice part to hear was that his dad I was it seemed like he I was found a child out in the crowd brought him to the locker room and let him to meet Michael and sign something and you know, yeah, that, a that was small cool thing, to see yeah, yeah. you know, that his dad advocated those things. Those are the small things that like we tend to see and overlook too. But you know, what's cool about us, you know, everyone thinks some people might think it's corny, but like, you know, when the the, the kids court side, you know, going through the tunnel, get the the armband, the shoes, the pair of shoes is a big thing right now in the NBA where Kyrie, LeBron, a lot of these guys are just giving away like, pairs of shoes, you know, Russ with this video of them doing it, James Harden. I mean, that's you know, a part of the game. That's impacting, you know, a child's life. So mm-hmm. you know, it's those little things. Yeah, I'm sure Mike matter. did that.
0: I'm sure, Mike gave away some shoes. You know how to get yeah. him here and there. It's like, <laughs> right. yeah. it's like, yeah, you just don't got. That's what I'm saying, it's a different day and age, man. It's crazy to see some of this
1: footage. Yeah, absolutely. Um. um, kind of segueing into before we get to episode eight here. So obviously, Jordan had an absence. Um, he was with the you know, Chicago White Sox minor league teams, playing in Bama. Uh, Brigham, You know, um. Doing his thing there, still kind of keeping an eye on the Bulls, but the first season after he left was Scotty, the man, Um, looks like in that playoff game, obviously, Scotty refused to go in. Um, Hilarious commentary. Out of all the guys, it's Bill Cartwright that (laughs) steps up, stands that locker room and starts to cry. And that's like problem solved. That creates problem solved. So uh, that's Scotty story, I didn't know. Um, interesting. Obviously,
0: yeah. That was. Uh, I can't, can't believe it.
1: I don't know. It's hard because
0: heat of the moment. for, for like, you
1: know, I, you just you just weren't the guy taking the shots though. You you were you were always somebody just as you know the the Robin to the Batman and taking the ball out as, you know, what was he, six eight, you know, uh, off the sidelines, you know, that's that's something where that's where your role. It was always about the offense, the roles, the play the roles, and um obviously Phil rode the hand that had produced and it was Tony Kuko. Like what else do you want to do? I mean, how do you feel about Scotty? You feel like he was justified in being upset and not a Bill Cartwright, the Yeah,
0: I think he got caught up in the caught up in the moment, man. It's tough. Um, yeah, man. It's just like, man. I don't know how you do that. I mean, I guess like comp- competing, I could see how that could happen. You know, that does happen. But like at that high of a level and stuff, like, yeah, it's tough. It's a shame to see that. Like they said, they all knew that that wasn't him. Right. And then right. he said he wouldn't change anything. So it's like you know.
1: I don't know. I, it's it's the heat of the moment, man. You know, we've kind of all been there as human beings at some point in our lives. But it's it's really is, to me it's strange, is because you know for a fact of the matter that you you've kind of been again the Batman, or excuse me, the Robin to you know the Batman when it comes to him and Jordan. Obviously, Jordan leaves. You know, you have a hell of a year. You know, you obviously you're the the center point. You're the star player of the team. Um, you expect that's the thing about basketball, man. It's a team game, man. It, it's not always about taking the last shot. Um, as much as you feel like it. That's always kind of been, though, like the unwritten rule, though. Your star player's taking a lot of shots, you know? And it's, it's weird because sometimes, you know, how many people are going to... How many coaches going to dump the ball down a shack? You know, you can just hack a shack and hope and pray that he misses a free throw and you win the game by a point. You know what I'm saying? Like, it depends how many points you're down by or you're ahead by, but, you know, it's just little scenarios like that, you know? Sometimes you just have to play your role and just, and just be the best you can be, so... I don't know. It's a little tough, though. But um, obviously, they overcame that after a couple practices. You know, they they went as far and unable to beat the Knicks. So
0: yeah, seven games. Yeah, that's cl- yeah it was
1: close. Yeah, it it still it was still a good season for them. You know, um, still a strong team. still a good season. Um, obviously, the next season after that, you know, losing Horace Grant to Orlando and losing some, you know, rebounding. The toughest part that was a tough part for them. You saw that that team struggled heavily. Um, still, but it was incredible. Was there still good enough to go to the Eastern Conference finals? Um, before Michael's return, um, you hit on a little bit of him being able to, um, you know, still go to the practices and the whole BJ Armstrong, you know, thing of hey, you know, you know, come come to the practice, come see us, you know what. <laughs> It it's almost like the game just, I don't know, man. Like, I, I really want to look and see what caused that MLB strike in 95 because, like, it's just almost like, this is, it's like the, almost a perfect tale story. Like you said, that strike pushed them back to basketball. Like, that's, like, how? Like, I don't know. That's just too ironic in a sense. You, you know, I'm not the one to get into comp- conspiracy theories too much, but it's, it's interesting. It's ironic. It's it's like basketball was always his calling. It's like, don't leave me. Like, I'm here. Come back. Like, you still have a lot left in the tank. Um, But, you know, we, we kind of hit on the whole change in the body, the workouts type of things and the workouts that he had to go through the baseball versus basketball. Totally different. And um, this is like where the, the, you know, the mental toughness comes in. Right, Chris? So it's like, think about. Unfortunately, you know, it's not a comparison of. of 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 you know, how great again how who's better but it's Kobe that comes to mind. Like did you get like that same like thought when you saw that part?
0: Um no I I mean I could see the comparisons for sure. Um but it's like Mike was with Mike, I don't know, there's just something different about him. Man. There's something different. Well it's so uh, you
1: know you know me and Demario always talk about this in the last few episodes that it's always about, like, you see, like, the little hints of, like, Kobe trickled in, and you see where where Kobe got it from. It it really is big brother and little brother. And, again, we're not comparing the player to say, you know, Kobe's better or Kobe... But it's, it's undeniable at this point in time that the one man that was able to really, literally be like Mike was Kobe Bryant, and to see the same attributes uh that mental the mentality cuz that literally is when we say m- mamba mentality today it's kind of like your body's not ready for basketball but you're going to do it anyways you you haven't lost you know much ab- of your athleticism it's just that some of your athleticism was tr- trying to transition away from the shoulders and chest like in the arms like he said that's what he had to work on um let's transition to space jam man um so basically he comes back loses in the eastern conference finals pissed as hell um, you know, this quote from Nick Anderson from the Orlando Magic that forty-five ain't twenty-three. <laughs> you got lucky to win that series. I got lucky to win that series as a magic fan. Trust me. I know all about 95 as a magic fan. Um let me ask you, Chris, Space Jam, uh the filming of it, uh just to recap really quick for the listeners. Michael went to the set, Warner Brothers Warner Brothers set. Seven looks like he had a, a call for a call time of seven a.m. to seven p.m. filming time. They built him a gym, a basketball court, and he did it all. Like talk about load management in the summertime. <laughs> There's there was
0: nothing for, for real, him. I don't know how he did it. Um
1: That was like the number one you know, thing that fueled him. At losing in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Orlando Magic there that season. Um. Yeah, how do you how do you, how cool was it about the whole Space Jam setup?
0: Yeah, that was a that was a crazy thing. He called it like the dome or the bubble or something like that. It was like a big white dome. Yeah, that looked that looked pretty legit, especially for that day and age. said they they built it up pretty quick. Uh, yeah, they had all the runners in there, it's all like the all the old school NBA guys: Barkley, young Reggie Miller, Sean Bradley,
1: Dennis Rodman.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, Dan is there. Yeah, I mean it was, it was everybody out there at that time. So it was nice seeing him get the little like he was trying to get little uh, notes, take notes on him, trying to see the little nuances that <laughs> they would be doing. He was he was being typical Jordan, dude, isn't bringing them that... in there, thinking they're just playing a regular game. He <laughs> in there taking notes, getting the advantage on him. Is that
1: look? So that that scene was like one of my like top five like. uh, Parts about this documentary so far. Like, I thoroughly enjoy that. Like, just to see, like, this candid moment of NBA players, like, literally go into some makeshift, like, court to play, start playing around seven o'clock, play at least for two or three hours. So you're looking at 10 o'clock at least at the the latest. And then Michael still wants to do a workout after that. And then you're not just playing with just random folks off the streets or your friends, it's it's NBA guys, it's young Reggie, it's Dennis Robbins out there. Like, dude, what I think it was one of the coolest things to experience um and see that he was able to pull that off. And I was in awe. Like I really enjoyed seeing that as a basketball fan. Just as an NBA fan Seeing those guys all get together because I love watching, you know, when like the Drew leagues. I love watching when the Olympics happen. Yeah, you get to yeah. See the camaraderie of like some of the biggest stars. Like All Star Game is cool, man. But you know they're not they're not really playing for too much besides some some extra money. But when you get to like the Olympics, it's like no, we're literally playing for a championship. Like you get championship every single game, championship level. Championship mode every single game, man. But yeah, I loved it. I loved seeing that clip and the notes thing was hilarious. Over there taking notes on Reggie and I was wanted to win the competition, man. It was, it was
0: good. That was cool. I'm glad we got. Yeah, I wonder if LeBron's gonna do something similar when he's filming the new one wonder if they'll do something similar to
1: that. Well, I mean, you know, we talked about this too as well, is that it's just so reoccurring with every player and everyone's going to go go back to Jordan. Well, Jordan did this, Jordan did that. You know, he was the first to do it. But I think at some point, you know, in the era that LeBron and Kobe obviously played in and had an opportunity, they lived in one of the biggest technology areas, or era, excuse me. So it'll be beautiful. I think it'll be great. But yeah, it'll be fun to see, man. And yeah, I wonder if LeBron really did that. You know, it's, it's interesting how we live in this big social media time, and when LeBron was filming, I I don't know you. There was really any, there wasn't really anything that we heard about, you know, of guys going to play over in L.A. and be outside the studio. Um, I bet you Anthony Davis was there. That's the what's one of the guys yeah. the guy that was there.
0: He's yeah, like, for sure.
1: Isn't it funny how Dennis Rodman's there, and then he does join him that summer after. Um, going into that season, so this little you know little irony there. Um, so obviously you know I'm sure Anthony Davis could have been a guy that was there. Um, I actually do remember you know there was a couple guys that was supposed to be there on set with LeBron. So it sounds like they do have some NBA players there. So I'm sure like they 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 build the gym for him just like they did for Jordan and um you know obviously Space Jam two with LeBron. But nah man I I I love that part. Um, and then we obviously get into the beginning of the season shifting over to season eight excuse me, episode eight, um, the ninety five ninety six season. Um kind of, you know, ends and ends with the championship obviously that we're aware of. Um but the business, the seriousness of hey, like we lost, I lost, and you're gonna be on my team and we're gonna win. Like his mentality his he was he was straight business, man. Um obviously picked a fight with Steve Kerr you know the infamous practice fight we are we hear about um you know shifting to kind of you know through that season obviously they were they had the best record that season um in my opinion that's the best team hands down um any, any questions about that chris you feel like before let's say before the, this this um episode came out would you say that that was the best team and even after like that's hands down the best team we've ever seen. Like a sample, a seventy two and ten bowl.
0: I mean, yeah, they had it all. I mean, just like from top to bottom, they could do, you know, rebound and defense. They had everybody just playing their set roles, man. it would be tough to I'll try my yeah, one of my favorite teams to play on two K. um yeah, I mean they just have everybody. It's just uh I mean, it'd be tough. I mean, they didn't shoot as many threes. That's the thing. It was just more of like a rugged, you know, 90-style ball. It'd be be interesting to see. Right. Yeah, they added Dennis, right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I I think, hands down, like, arguably, it doesn't matter, like, what side of the fence you're on, who you root for. Like, we we just all need to come together and disagree. That was one hell of a team. They literally you know the funny part is you know uh they said scotty was looking through the schedule and was like well we probably wouldn't lose yeah. there for three months what like when you say that <laughs> like you know you have a squad man and that was like that's cool man like like it's it's about knowing that you're that damn good and no one's gonna beat your ass and you go out there and you hoop and you win man like that was incredible. I, I I love I love to see like that team. I think they're the best. That's the best team hands down of all time. If we can just kind of freeze that team and and throw them against some of these other teams and see how they match up, that would be really really cool. So, um, no, that was great to see. Um, obviously that season ends. Um, that, that's the first full season he came back after uh his uh, first retirement and uh wins the championship. Ironically his fourth championship uh, Jordan is going to the locker room um with the ball and um how do you feel about that shot that was captured cuz we we see we see this all the time and um what people need to kind of realize is you know some of the details and to me as a basketball fan is that we get the NBA finals during uh June right and Father's Day, depending on how far the uh, series gets pushed out, Father's Day usually falls kind of towards the end of the NBA Finals, unless it's a sweep. Um, So we are reminded of this continuously um, in the history books. And to see this, though, kind of a raw, unedited version of it, um, how do you feel about that getting captured, like him sobbing on the floor?
0: uh it was a great picture man i actually know the photographer who took that picture he works for fun uh his name is barry Gossage. i've uh, been doing the photography thing for a long time um uh, i mean yeah it's just that candid moment that you know i mean think about all these like uh lebron and wade picture you know it's like sometimes it's nice to see the hd footage and stuff but it's those you know that, those candid moments that you capture with the snapshot sometimes that are the best. Um, yeah, it's, I, mean, I, could, I mean, yeah, it's just nice, just that raw emotion, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting to see, like, sometimes the photographer, I mean, like I don't know how much the players really mind, you know. I mean, it is definitely like an invasion of privacy and stuff like that. But, I mean, it kind of goes with the territory. And you know? I guess Michael he really wanted to get away somewhere where like, you know, there was nobody around. He could not probably went to some area like that. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, it's just nice to see it's just another interesting, um, you know, tidbit into the, the whole story, really. Right.
1: Yeah. And that, like I said, like that, un, you know, that footage uh, might, might have been like unseen where it has just the raw audio. And, you know, everyone was quiet. I know I saw a tweet where, you know, they said that the media at least just, they just filmed and took pictures. Nobody asked him a question. No one invaded him, you know, directly, verbally, I should say. So it was still nice to, it's still nice to experience it. Because I think at the end of the day here, uh one of the things it displays for everybody is n- no matter what you've gone through and no matter what, setbacks you've had is that they can you can't overcome them and he still returned to championship form he still wanted and it's this was the first of a of a second three-peat so it wasn't like he just won this one and went off the road off to the sunset and said all right i'm done i won one more without my dad and i'm gone he literally said no i'm gonna win i'm gonna three-peat one more time to prove a point to everybody and he did it and so You know, it's just interesting to talk about Michael Jordan and and his personality. But on the flip side, he he just did what he needed to do to be the best. And, uh, you know, to backtrack a little bit here, interesting story. So sit down, watching it, and um, the part where, you know, they start talking about George Carl. George Carl, you know, not really saying much or something to fuel Jordan, right? And so he said, all right, you know, cool, Jordan. So. Um it's we're about, you know, five minutes in where my girl joins me to sit down and, and watch it. So um, you know, she watches the Space Jam part of it. It gets into that NBA finals there once they get into the season. And within her watching ten minutes, she literally says to me, she says, Wow, this guy really wanted to have everybody kind of kiss his ass. And he really thought he was the greatest. And I looked at her and I said, You know, Every time I sit down and we hear, you know, a clip or two in every single episode, and all my podcasts, I recap this stuff, that's literally what me and DeMario, all we talk about. This is literally Ooh. what the theme, the underlying, one of the biggest underlying themes of this documentary is. And I'm like, wow, you really sat there for 10 minutes and didn't even watch a lick of the rest of any episodes. Granted, she knows who Michael is, thinks he's the GOAT, and understands his impact so without me by the way i just fuel a little bit of extra lebron and anyways so you know you obviously know who michael is but at the same time it's just it's funny and ironic to me to sit down and and tim you watch like 10 minutes of a clip and somebody draws that out of it and i say you know what like that's literally what everybody else and and, you know me and demario have have talked about it's crazy man but uh yeah that's my little funny story about it um you know by the way shout out you know. Mother's Day there, um, mm-hmm. that was my Mother's Day story. But um, no, no, like I said, Chris, it, this is an incredible documentary to capture. I think there's a good, more you know, moral to learn here from what happened. Um, and do you value a little bit of his second repeat more than his first repeat? Not to discredit the first repeat, still an incredible accomplishment. But do you value his second repeat so far?
0: I mean, yeah, just I think the the rise in the competition at the time. I mean, you had these teams coming in trying to knock them out. I mean, I mean, it's tough to compare. I mean, I guess just him coming back from baseball—it's a uh, bigger accomplishment. Uh, you know, going, stepping away, having to work your way back. Uh, yeah, man, I don't, and I'm still, I'm still looking to find a reason why he ended up quitting in '98. It's like, I mean, it's crazy that the whole thing was just from the get go. Jerry Krause was just, you know, telling Phil Jackson, "Nope, you know, this is the last year." He kind of settled it up for him. Would have been nice to see if kept could have kept going. Right, right. So, like, yeah, seems like you know got his peaks, Bill. And
1: and I really hope that we get the whole, you know. Season's over, we had a good just give us a good like twenty minutes of like what happened at the after and what compelled you to come back with with Washington like just give us like yeah twenty yeah. minutes, please just give us twenty minutes that's all I'm begging him for, like I really want to know, and I, I mean you get it, but at the same time, it's like you had closure twice, you know twice you try to have closure <laughs> yeah. with basketball, and you came back a technically a third time, bro, so I'm really interested in seeing that explanation, these final two episodes. Um, but no, incredible series so far. I love it. it. It's it's really holding us over in this absence of live sports. Um, you know, Any last minute thoughts about those two episodes there? Episode seven and eight.
0: Uh, Yeah, just looking forward to what's going on, how they cap it off. Like you said, it's all coming together. Uh, it's kind of like, I think it would have been nice if they would have dropped it all in one, you know, at one time, so you could have could of watched it all through. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's you know, I understand why they dropped it two at a time like that, you know, from the business standpoint, or from you know, getting people to talk about it week to week like this, and just keeping it relevant. But uh, just as far as seeing it through, yeah, I mean, it would be nice just to see, like you said, uh, get a little bit of clarification towards the back end of the years and see you know what what happened i'm looking forward to seeing some more of that footage uh that comes out that you know that they've been counting around for sure uh,
1: yeah absolutely i'm i'm really intrigued to see how episodes nine and ten unfold but again you know i'm um you know i would i would rec- 10 out of ten. I recommend this definitely i really want to you know, take Take the time yeah. to kind of dissect a little bit of it more. Um, Time, you know, later back, you know, down the road and kind of investigate certain scenarios and things I've learned about and kind of look into it. You know, the whole, you know, we kind of didn't get too much into it. Obviously, the whole George Carl not putting Gary Payton on Michael and, you know, those, statistically, Michael didn't perform as well with Gary Payton on him, mm-hmm. that series, versus mm-hmm. without Gary on him. You know, and it's just interesting things like that that we kind of get lost in different topics here on the podcast itself and kind of so much to talk about with Michael um but yeah it it intrigued me to go back and look at you know that Seattle team for that year and because you know they mentioned about the whole underdogs of how bad of an underdog Seattle was for that NBA finals and to really go back and be like wow like who the hell was on that team and understand you know Gary Payton and Sean Kemp were the I believe they were scoring at least 19 points per game in the regular season, 20 points per game in the playoffs. Those are the top two scores. So, you know, if you kind of don't get scoring from Gary, you know, what who else is going to step up to score? And, it's you know, it's it's a battle where you're like, let me put myself in George Carl's shoes and kind of figure out, well, what, I, what would I have done? It's, you know, based on the documentary, it's like, well, you should have put Mike, you know, I'm sorry, you should have put Gary on Michael from day one, you know, so mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, it makes you go back and look at things like that. So it's really cool to see. It's awesome. I mean, I'm just invested in the sport, man. Like yourself, you know, and all of us that jump on here on these podcasts. We we love talking and playing these scenarios out. But uh no, man. Definitely down season uh excuse me, episode nine, uh, and ten will be coming out uh next Sunday coming up. Um you know, we'll do a round table, man. How about that? We'll do a, a big, you know, finality. We'll do a round table. Um, we'll include yourself, we'll get the Mario, we'll get some other guys that wanna give some insight to it. And I think that's like the best idea because it's such a great person, great basketball player to talk about regardless about how about you yeah, feel.
0: So many different aspects, like you said, so many different things to cover such a short little time. man. You can go into, yeah, you could dive into any of those little theories or conspiracies, you can do a whole, whole episode on that for sure.
1: Yeah, I could spend another hour with you tonight if I wanted to. But uh, we all are going to wrap this all up, right. man. Any shout outs that you got for me? <laughs>
0: Uh, you man. Shout out the uh, MLB for getting the trying to get the things going, man. Hopefully, get some uh, some live sports here soon, whether it's with fans or without fans. And yeah, shout out UFC too yeah, for putting that together. Hopefully, showing the blueprint of how to do some things like that. Got some UFC on Wednesday coming up this week too. So yeah, looking forward to seeing some fights.
1: For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, man. I just want to shout out to. Uh the team here. Shout out to Gabe. Uh, shout out to Marcus. Shout out to Demario. First and foremost, uh, as I mentioned on, uh, uh, you know, we'll be back next week um, for the recap on season. Uh, excuse me, I keep saying season, but episodes nine and ten. Um, you know, check us out. Views from the baseline. We're on the iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud streaming services. Uh, Check out Heels of Wrestling podcast as well. Chris Thompson is the new uh, co-host of almost every podcast at this rate with us here at Baseline Times. So glad to have you on board. And uh, follow us at Baseline Times Instagram and Twitter. Uh, We'll also be premiering some new faces. I got that in the works. Obviously, some new partnerships. And we're looking forward to growing here. And um, you know what? Actually, have one last I almost forgot, man. Um, I want to shout out a good friend, uh, for a long time friend. Uh, he's also in Phoenix. Uh, uh, my good friend, Daniel Goodwin. Um, he tweeted us the other day and said he enjoyed, uh, listening to me and DeMario's recap episode. So sorry, Dan, we didn't get, um, DeMario today. We got Chris who is close to home for you, but, uh, I want to shout you out, man. We appreciate any kind of love. It's good to know. We got one more extra listener. So instead of five, we got
0: six. So. Thank you guys again. We out.